Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Lots still coming up here in the final hour of the show of the week. Cam Brendan here with you. Bob is back on Monday from his, uh, well, the first part of his summer vacation. He's buggering off in August again, so you'll be stuck with me, and uh, you'll be delighted to have Cam, I'm sure, for that time. We'll see. I love story time in the summertime. Cam's got a lot of good contacts here that we get to chat with. Dan O'Rourke being one of them. Again, if you want to help out that ride, 2,700 miles from Santa Monica to Chicago, support of uh, the National Federation of the Blind. Or you just want to check out a little more information on it, nfb.org slash route 66. He's going to be cooking through the desert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a funny time of year for him to be doing that. I'll remind you that uh, some guests of Oilers Now do receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the senses at jvedmonton.ca. We'll open up the River Cree Resort Casino hotline in about a half an hour or so, 780-496-0063. River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. That number is also our Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063 get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors 143rd Street 111th Avenue open Monday to Saturday well the Chicago Blackhawks are going to have probably the busiest scouting department in the league over the next three drafts just based on the amount of picks that they're sitting with right now so who better to bring into the folds right now then uh colin fraser a longtime friend of cam moons and a friend of the show as well colin you're on with brendan and cam how's it going today doing well guys how are we doing excellent thanks for jumping aboard here in the middle of the summer taking some time hey if you hear a whole whack of noise i'm enjoying westerner days in red deer with the kids and I've been on a grand total of one ride, and I think that was enough for me, Mooner. So what, what I, uh, ride? I'm getting old and gray now. What, what uh, ride you go on? I don't on? know. It went up and around and around and around, and I was trying to be a nice father for my daughter, and I, I, I can't handle this stuff anymore. I'm too old. Have you crushed any uh, corn dogs? We're getting there. Okay. Lemonade. I, it's like you're cooking on the pavement right now. It's All unbelievable. Right. But it's for the kids. Remember well, that. Well, it's for the kids. Exactly. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. <laughs> So, uh, Colin, Connor Bedard in the franchise. Tell me about the buzz. Tell me about the lead up to the pick. I mean, obviously, you knew uh, once the uh, the draft card selection was drawn the way it was, how this was going to fall. The elation in that organization must have been something. Yeah, we we were all in Chicago for the um, when they were doing the draft lottery, and uh, of course, kind of on pins and needles. We all know what we want to have happen, but you don't know until it actually does happen. And we all knew the numbers, the odds, you know, speculation, all the things. And, uh, and then when Kevin Weeks kind of messed it up on TV too, that kind of added to the dramatics a little bit as we were, we knew we were down to the 50, 50 shot, uh, going to the commercial break. So, um, it was a fun time and we feel lucky and fortunate, uh, obviously. 
Well, yeah, three years. His three years in the WHL have been off the charts. Uh, a couple of World Juniors, the, the the most recent of which was mind-numbing. What he what he did there uh, over the course of, of his career, which you would have watched him a ton, uh, whether it be you know World Juniors or or WHL, isn't it? unbelievable uh, just how he's progressed in such a short time even though he was incredible when he stepped into the league yeah it, it really is like um i mean the numbers just speak for itself uh with with how his production uh, at world juniors of course it was something else but um really all season long on an average team too so it's not like he had all-star linemates to play with uh, as well, he kind of did a lot of it on his own, um, and then all the pressure that comes with it, selling out buildings, and all the uh, I guess publicity that came with it for a 17 year old kid. He just turned 18 the other day. I mean, most 17 year old kids are playing Fortnite in the basement, right? So um, he's very mature, very good player. We know that. Sitting in a game in Regina, I saw him have five points uh, before the 30 minute mark. And uh, I had a couple fans around me, and they say, is he that good? And I said, yes, he's that good. So you better watch him now while it costs you 30 bucks, because it's going to cost you 300 bucks the next time you want to see him. <laughs> uh, Colin, you played on that World Junior team with Sidney Crosby. Tell me if there's any similarities that you can harken back to from that uh, seemingly uh, generational talent then and, and him stepping into the NHL or, or that time in his career, similar to where Bedard is at now. Yeah, it's fun. everyone asks, right? Like my friends, my buddies, my family. Like, you know, who does he compare to? And it, it, my answer, in my my uh, my own opinion, is it's like he's his own player. So, McDavid's McDavid. Nobody else is like McDavid. Crosby's Crosby. There's nobody else like Crosby. And I'd say Bedard is Bedard. He's he's got the uh, he's not he's not like McDavid fast. And I wouldn't say he's like Crosby gritty, like where Crosby's kind of that fourth line grinder type style with, with the skill, if that makes sense. And then, uh, you know, he just has the, the shot is his number one. We all know that. But um, what he has proven is, for me, he's got a lot of compete. He's got hunger. So in junior, at the junior level, and when teams are taking runs at him or, you know, trying to play hard on him, he doesn't back down and he will give it back. And his ability at World Juniors, we saw it to take his game to a whole new level. Um, that's the sign of a true superstar where you can just take it from one notch and, and kick it up to another when you need to. Yeah, that compete that you speak of, Colin, I, I saw it in, in real time. It was the back end for the Pats. They had just gone through the BC division. And they had played in Prince George. Then they were ending in Edmonton. So it's the last game of a long swing. That's got mail it in written all over it. But he he came in and I, I think he had five points at Rogers Place and was everywhere and was amazing on the back end of a long trip. Hey, you you know what those long trips are like. You remember uh, a Prince George game on the back end of a long trip that didn't work out so well. And players being uh, banished to the uh, to the dressing room as the game went on, so I, I don't need to tell you about it. But uh, I, Connor Bedard, it just seems it doesn't matter what game it is, what time of year it is, you get that all-out effort every night. 
Yeah, I mean, um, and he must feel like he's got to put on a show. All these people are there to watch him, and he is able to handle that pressure, um, handle that environment, uh, and he's already a pro. Um, very passionate player. You can see it, how he plays with passion, plays with that. I guess he has that extra little push in him. Um, you know, he's not out there just toe-dragging and scoring goals. He's out there wanting to win. Uh which is the secret sauce to, to being a, an elite player and not just a, a very good player, for me anyway. Chatting with Colin Fraser, the amateur scouting department of the Chicago Blackhawks. So naturally that leads us to talk about the Golden Goose in Connor Bedard. But tell me about supplementing Connor Bedard in the next couple of years to come. We mentioned uh, off the top of the show, 17 picks inside the first three rounds of the next three years. Now whether you keep all those as an organization, of course, remains to be seen. But that's going to give you and the scouting department a lot of leeway to play with, a lot to look at. And I wonder what the approach is and what you can tell us about it, Colin, for you know putting the best or, or maybe the most appropriate group of players around Bedard? Well, I think, um, I mean, a lot of the plan would be up to management. I, I, it sounds really dumb, but I, I like to tell people I provide information. Um, I provide my thoughts and my opinion as a scout, and then management pieces it all together everybody's opinion, everybody's information, analytics, all of it, top to bottom, and then they build what they see fit. And um, uh, But one thing, I, it's about being patient. Not, you don't want to, like, um, I guess, change your plan just because you got Connor Bedard. It's about doing things right and, and uh, doing it well. And, you know, you already see we pieced a couple older veteran guys in there around him. Um, I guess to help take the burden off, for lack of a better term. I mean, it's the NHL. Nobody's going to do it by themselves, and especially not at, at 18 years old. Uh, we do have lots of picks. Uh, we, even we had three first-rounders last year, um, and then the two first-rounders this past draft, two next year, and two the year after that. So um, hopefully we do our jobs really, really well. And we find some really good players, and it kind of all comes together all at the same time, much like Chicago did back in, you know, starting with Kane and Taves 2007, 2008, and then by 2010, 2013, 2015, it's just this sustainable kind of um, group of players, Dustin Keith, Brent Seabrook, the list goes on, and they were good for however many years they were good for. So um, in theory, that's the plan. It's always obviously not that simple. But um, we got lots to work with, so that's the nice thing. Reese Johnson is a guy that you would have watched a lot in junior, uh, and and worked his way through junior, through the American League. Last year, got into 57 games with the Blackhawks, and uh, a guy that played it played in Red Deer, and he had some injury issues through his junior career, but found a way to get there. Uh, how? Rewarding, enjoyable, is it to see a guy like Reese have success? It reminds me of myself, right? So these um, just gritty, hardworking guys that just put your nose down, low maintenance, go to work, and try your best, really. It sounds really dumb or cliche, but that's just how it is. And uh, come back to that compete uh, and work ethic part of the equation is uh, guys have success, and it's, He's just a good team guy, and he doesn't complain, and he doesn't whine, and if he's out of the lineup, he works just as hard as if he's in in the lineup. The teammates like him. The coaches like him. He brings an element, and he brings a role, and he's not going to get on the score sheet. He's not going to get all the uh, 
publicity, but he's going to give you an honest effort every night. And all the good teams have players like him. Um, good in the locker room. And I know everyone talks of, makes the joke, oh, he's good in the locker room. If you don't have a good locker room, you won't win because you have to have good camaraderie and good teammates, and they kind of all pull the rope together. If they see Reese Johnson working hard and then they see Connor Bedard working hard, everybody sandwiched in the middle has to work hard, or they're out, or they don't get a play. They, the good players don't get a play with Bedard, and the bottom-end players are out of the lineup and Reese takes your spot. Yeah, chatting with Colin Fraser right now, Chicago Blackhawks amateur scout, longtime Red Deer Rebel, and NHLer. And you know, Colin, I, I'm kind of amused a little bit by the splits and the penalty minutes for you. You, you as an AHL player, were definitely uh, a lot more involved in in the fisticuffs, that sort of the nature. And then your your style as a player seems to have changed as you made a, an NHL career for yourself. So you know, talk to me about the development or, or the um, I guess the evolution of you as a player, and and maybe how that helps you relate to these younger guys who are trying to transition from this lower role or, sorry, I guess it would be an elevated role in in the major midget circuit, for example, or the major junior circuit, and then would have to assume perhaps a different role at a higher level of hockey. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I'm with you on that. My telling you, it's aren't as as high, but uh, I got kind of a dumb story with it. But going back to junior, I just... Played like a savage beast. Like, uh, fought a lot. Mooner saw me a hundred times. Just stir the pot. Just kind of play this rap role. But um, in junior, outside of a handful of guys, I could really handle myself pretty good for the most part. And then in the American League, uh, much the same. I'm just literally trying to do anything I can to play in the NHL. I did not care what it took. I, I would die trying to play in the NHL. So I took my lumps with older guys, bigger guys, all the above. And and even um, when I made Chicago, I had fought three times in exhibition. I fought in camp. Um, I fought the very first game of the year in Madison Square Garden. Um, I just wanted to stay. Now, once I established myself, uh, we're playing Columbus. I went after a guy by the name of Olaf Kristoff Tolleson, big Norwegian kid. I'm like, and I went barking up his tree, and he proceeded to beat me to a pulp. Uh, I didn't feel so hot after the game. <laughs> I called my wife. <laughs> I said, that's it. I'm going to, it's like the Colby Armstrong story of check the game notes, bud. I was uh, going to do a little bit more research after that and be a little bit smarter about it and pick my spot a little bit more. He's playing in the NHL. Even guys that don't fight that often are really tough. So that's kind of where it was like this moment where I had to be a little bit smarter versus just playing recklessly, if that makes sense. Oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Self-preservation. Yeah, yeah you, do. you should read the game notes before the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, guys, I was 180 pounds soaking wet and and – so pound for pound, I was tough. But when you're when you're going up against 210 pounds, like it, it's just physical. You just can't do it. And and I would try, and I would die trying. And all my friends make fun of me. Hey, did you ever win a fight? And my answer is always no. But I I, I like to think people respected the way I played, and uh, certainly know that I wouldn't back down from from anybody really. So. 
Uh, no, I think they respected you, Colin. Absolutely, yeah. you were part yeah. of uh, three Stanley Cup championships, uh, one in Chicago, a couple in LA. When you look back on on those times, on those three different uh, playoff runs, it, it must just be a, a wealth of of great memories. Oh, absolutely, and we uh, last summer, not this, not this summer here, but the summer a year ago, we did a reunion, a ten year reunion with the Kings, and it was the best three days I've had because it's like all these guys get back together and you tell these old stories and everybody's 10 years older but they all act the same age so it's nice nice to have a weekend away and have some fun and tell some old war stories for for lack of a better term and to take it a step further Mooner I um now that I'm in scouting I tell this dumb story too but uh I appreciate my career more now than I ever did because when we watch you know, 100, 200, 300 players globally. And then we whittle that down to a list, a very short list for the NHL draft. I realized how hard it truly is to make the NHL. So even your weakest player in the NHL is a really good hockey player. And I, I guess uh, I'm more proud about my career now than at the end of it or when I first retired for, for those reasons. So... All you fans out there, take it easy on your fourth line plugs. Hey, come on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, we had the Brick Tournament uh, a couple of weeks ago, Colin, and we were trying to get you on then to uh, to reminisce a little bit about that. Uh, just take us back to your time as a little guy and what, what it meant to you to be ripping around the mall with a gang of, of rugrats and, and your buddies that you're going to remember that experience with for the rest of your life. And then, you know, so many of them end up going on to play professional hockey as well. So the quality is right there. But Cam and I were just fawning over all the jerseys and the fanfare and what a spectacle it is for these 10 year old kids to be involved with oh yeah i mean i don't know the kid like you play for the love of the game right and uh i got a 12 year old kid and he like loves hockey like through and through like knows all the players and just wants to go to the rink and do all the things and it's literally like i'm looking at my 12 year old self going way back so um it's fun we play it for fun we love love the game right we love watching it and analyzing it and uh, and people ask if I like my job now, and I I love my job. To, to be in the position I am, to be I mean I watch hockey, and I get to watch, analyze it, and talk about it, all that stuff over and over and over. It's fun. I'm lucky. I can't imagine what level of a disturber you would have been at like that at that brick age. <laughs> the brick. Yeah, so I was a second team all star of the brick. I'd like to say I wasn't a disturber, I was a goal scorer back then, guys. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. I, I um, maybe a bit of both. So, a little bit of both, yeah. When I certainly uh I always ask my dad, I'm like, my dad never played hockey, never told me what to do, how to play the game, nothing. He just took me to the ring. That was it. And um, I always ask him, like, like, where did I, like, have this, like, gene where I wanted to fight? And, like, there's no answer to it. It's just, like, it was in my blood. Like, he, my dad never told me to fight or run that guy or play hard. or He just literally dropped me off at the rink and told me to have fun. And I just happened to have this natural, um, I don't know, work ethic, if you will, or compete, whatever you want to call it. It was just... It's in you. And if, if a kid doesn't have it, it's hard to pull it out of them. You either got it or you don't. And uh, I'm thankful I had it, and maybe even a little extra of it, uh, uh, 
from my dad's gene pool somehow, even though he never played. <laughs> Colin, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you for for taking some time out of your uh, your day down there at uh, well down there in Red Deer and uh, enjoy yeah. enjoy the rest of it with the family. Okay. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, thanks. Stay off the tilt a whirl. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm done. Okay. I'm done with the ride. Good. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Colin Fraser from the Chicago Blackhawks organization, now former NHLer, three-time Stanley Cup champion. You'll only see his name on there twice. There's some technicalities that Edmonton should be very familiar with if you think back to the uh, Pocklington incidents. But he was part of, of three. Yeah. And a World Junior Championship. Sure was. Was an Edmonton Oiler for a season. Yeah. The Just, pride of Sycamus, B.C., Born in Sycamus. Right. Technically the pride of Surrey, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But the Surrey Minor Hockey Surrey. Association. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 126 in Edmonton. We'll press pause here on Oilers now. Good chat there with Colin Fraser. Checking in from Red Deer's version of K-Days, which uh, kicks off in Edmonton tonight. I think it does. I think it does, too. Yeah. And I know they're trying to put a different spin on things this year, a little more local spin on things, trying to freshen it up. Some exciting musical acts for K-Days. Oh, yes, there I'll are some very good ones. There. There's probably a date night in the cards for Brendan. Yeah? Look at you I go. I would suggest wow. that, yeah. You're raising the bar over there. <laughs> Great news. Great news from our friends at Brent Ridge Ford. Uh, they've just received the largest allocation of trucks and SUVs that they have had in years. Most of the units scheduled to be built next month in August for a fall delivery. They've got discounts as high as $8,000 on F-150s. So now is the time to purchase your new truck. If you want to be treated fairly at every level of vehicle ownership, call Rich, Johnny, or Uncle Milt at 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. We are sending it off now to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook. Some time for you on the other side. We'll take a look at the new look Colorado Avalanche as well. Ryan Johansson in the fold. We'll break it down after Cook brings you the headlines.